In Luke chapter 18, Jesus begins to prepare his disciples for what was coming by a chilling prophecy that would turn out to be entirely true. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things shall be accomplished which were written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man. For he shall be delivered to the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and scourged, and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. Jesus was always saying and doing things that were a bit unexpected. The disciples were used to that. They'd seen him preach and teach and perform miracles, and they knew of the Pharisees and Sadducees growing animus towards him. You could feel the hatred oozing from them every time they encountered the Master. The political situation of the Roman province of Sidia Palestina, as it was then known, was volatile. One match lit by the wrong person at the wrong time in the wrong place, and the whole thing could go up in flames. It was a dangerous time to think outside the box and do things outside the accepted norms. The Jews had been enslaved and conquered and liberated over and over again throughout their history, and they were restless at this latest iteration of imperialist colonization over them. And Jesus, the son of Joseph, the carpenter from Nazareth, was exactly the kind of person that both Jews and Romans looked at as likely to upset the current precarious order. And it was very unclear what was going to come of it. Was Jesus a madman or a mad genius? Was he a blasphemer or a liberator? Was he delusional or wise? As Jesus becomes more and more of a public figure over the three years of his public ministry, public opinion becomes, as it tends to be about just everything, divided. I have come to bring not peace but a sword, seemed a little odd, coming out of the mouth of a man whose followers thought was also the Prince of Peace. Let us go up to Jerusalem. This part of the message didn't seem all that strange to the disciples. They went to Jerusalem all the time. It was the center of religious life, the site of the temple, and the place of sacrifice. Jesus had been to Jerusalem countless times before, but this time was going to be different. But it was going to be different not only for himself and for his friends, but for all of humanity and for all of history. 
you and I have been to Jerusalem many times. Every time we come to Holy Mass, we go back in time to the very events that brought about our salvation that took place there 2,000 years ago. We go back to Jerusalem. And we also anticipate under sign and symbol the reality of the new and eternal Jerusalem of heaven. And they understood none of these things, and this word was hid from them, and they understood not the things that were said. The Gospel of Luke shows us that like the twelve, we can go up to Jerusalem with Jesus over and over and over again. We can hear Him preach and teach and even be healed by His miracles and still not quite grasp what is happening. When Jesus dies on Calvary, the very earth shook and the veil in the temple was rent asunder as inanimate objects understood perfectly well that the Son of God had just died. But the earth of the hearts of so many failed to move an inch as the veil of unknowing continued to shield the multitudes from the fullness of truth. So it was in Jesus' time, and so it is for us today. This Wednesday, we begin once again the ascent to Jerusalem with the praying church. We stand on the threshold of great Lent and kneel to receive ashes on our foreheads and are told, rend your hearts, not your garments. Fasting, prayer, and works of mercy, we get real about sin and its consequences. Not just the social, communal sins of pervasive evil in our world, but what each one of us has done and has failed to do, and how we were shut out of paradise because of our first parents, and we will continue to be shut out of paradise if we do not walk through the small and narrow door that is Jesus Christ. A blind man sits by the wayside in Luke chapter 18. Who knows how long he'd sat there, alone, dependent on others for everything, miserable and crying out for mercy, feeling guilty because he was taught that if God had loved him, he wouldn't be like this. And then Jesus passes by, and with great humility, this broken man reaches out to the Master and says, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Lord, Make me see. Lent is a time in which we stand alone before God in the state that we really are, naked and ashamed, as Adam and Eve in the garden, 
futilely trying to hide the facts with a fig leaf. We wait for the gift of healing. We recognize that when it comes to God, we have no right to anything. We are not self-sufficient. Everything is a gift. Everything is a gift. We come to terms with the woundedness and brokenness that can be lurking beneath the surface of our hearts and minds and implore time and time again pardon and peace. And we cast aside the corruptions of religion and false faith that promise us the world and only deliver us more suffering. Are you going to wait for Jesus this Lent? And when he passes you by, are you going to be ready to receive him? Are you going to be distracted by some passing thing of this world? Will you get another chance like this Lent again? Are you going to stand before the Lord in your pride, always pointing out another's sins, faults, and imperfections, deflecting from what you have done and what you have failed to do? Are you finally going to learn what it means to be humble and walk with God? Are you going to continue to be the blind leading the blind? Are you going to run away from the journey of Lent because it's too hard? Or are you going to ask to see and having seen, share with others what you have seen and heard? I don't know about you, but I need this Lent. I really need it for my spiritual life. And we get the great grace to journey through this season together. Today, the church passes through that last gate before Lent called Quinquagesima Sunday. Fifty days-ish before Lent starts. And the last call is ringing out for us to gather on Ash Wednesday and wait for the Lord in humility and confidence, trusting in His royal sovereignty and wisdom. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God.